Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Ricky to his Lucy, Michael Howard. Michael, you've got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Wait, no, I did it wrong. You, yeah, you blew it again. I, was, I had to think. I even thought about it for a, a hard second. I was like, <laughs> then you still did it. Which one am I? You which have explaining to do because you've been shoving all those chocolates in your mouth and you got all, fired from your jarb. All of those good chocolates with mm-hmm. my best friend, Ethel? Edith? Yes. Edith. <laughs> Ethel. Wait, Is Ethel. it Ethel? No. Nope. Yeah. Edith was the honeymooners. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Old blonde lady. Mm-hmm. My best friend. My good friend. You know what? Lady. I remember I remember those those characters being very old. Um mm-hmm. but in real life I bet they were only like fifty. I mean probably not even that. I'm pretty sure Lucio Ball was like No, I mean 35. like the Ethel and Jerry or whatever his name was. Uh Jerry Gergich. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jerry Gergich. The old the old people who lived with them. Or the immortal them. the immortal Jerry Gergich. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he went from that to Parks and Rec fifty years later. Yeah. He's nailed the same it. character. Well, Michael, how are you doing? It's been it's it's been a minute since I saw your face. Literally one minute. Yeah. Yeah, you just yeah. you just left. Mm-hmm. We had plans to record in Chicago together but i think we collectively decided that we didn't want to test fate and ruin it again yeah we we didn't want to waste a lot of good jokes and a lot of good stories on something that um we were gonna fuck up i mean we've tried it what three times now twice we tried it twice twice we we did bad um i guess they say third time's the charm but it seemed like a better idea to just eat cheeseburgers and milkshakes and watch atomic blonde yeah and i didn't really want to trust this week's episode to a colloquialism so uh <laughs> you know just we just got drunk and uh, ate, ate good food and mm-hmm. i like that a lot a lot um it, i am a little disappointed though because i did want to read a couple of these stories to your face mm. and you know be needed knee during it but it's fine i will i will touch you on the knee gently with my mind Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good trip to Chicago for me, as always. It started interestingly. <laughs> um, so we discovered that because we were talking about that I was going to be up in Chicago. So Curtis and Michael and I were talking, discovered that they're how did how did we stumble upon this um, I, gathering? I was looking at the front page of Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, as I do every once in a while to to see if there's any stories. And I came across this picture where the guy was like, oh, I accidentally booked a flight, my business trip flight, going to a furry convention. And it was a picture of the gate. People were getting ready to board and all of them were wearing not full, necessarily full costumes, but definitely hats and faces and mm-hmm. tails of, of furries. Uh, and I laughed a little bit and I, I sent it to you. And then as I was sending it to you, the picture got a little bit bigger and I saw that it was actually going to Chicago. To Chicago O'Hare. Uh, yes. Which on, is funny. <laughs> on Thursday, you were flying in Friday morning and I was like, oh shit, is there a furry convention? So we we quickly, quickly Googled that shit. And yeah. uh, show enough. Midwest Fur Fest 2017. Um, so I made some jokes. It was like, okay, I'll just stop and find this obviously because mm. i need to um but so i flew in on friday morning i had to work uh that whole day and i couldn't make it into your house because my flight got delayed so i had to stop and 
find a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So I stopped at the first stop off off of O'Hare and Googled the closest coffee shop. I was like, okay, great. I'll get some Wi-Fi, go there. Not like I honestly did not want to go to this thing. Mm-hmm, the sure coffee shop was at the Hyatt Regency, <laughs> which is the home of Midwest Fur Fest 2017. <laughs> and holy shit, Michael, it did not disappoint. It was amazing. Yeah, and it's really weird because, you know, you were supposed to meet us out for lunch and you said that y- you got held up. Um, and then I saw pictures of you uh, in full fur costume with yeah. your uh, with your no, lanyard I've, around your neck. You just joined right in. I've really discovered my uh, my kink. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I had any. And then, oh, hello. I Now I have a fursona. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say jumping onto a Google Hangout with your coworkers who are all in a room together and you have to inform them where you are because they're expecting you to be at a certain place and you're not. And then you have to, at their insistence, walk to the other side of the table in the hotel lobby that you're standing at so they can see the escalator to see the unicorns and dragons and like bears walking up the escalator. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. one of your coworkers starts pointing at people that he sees and laughing very loudly. Hmm. It's not the best way to take a Google Hangout. I'll say that much. That doesn't sound very nice. You shouldn't no. point and laugh at people. Yeah, it, I mean, or he was, was he laughing at you because you had to take a phone was call mostly, in this room? He was doing that. He was also laughing at people in the fursuits, which uh, maybe now you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, but it was, it was a weird experience because, like, I mean, for the most part, so I had to work there for about two hours because I had like back to back meetings. So I like found like a quiet corner in like the downstairs area to work in. And like not everyone was in costume because it was the first day of the thing, but like a ton of people had like tails and ears and stuff. Um and everyone had names, which was odd. Uh <laughs> people kept greeting each other like, hey, Starscream, <laughs> which is a transformer name. Um So wait, like, you were in a so were you in the coffee shop taking the call or did you end up just staying in the lobby? So I was in the lobby for a minute and then it got to be a little too much and I had it was getting it was loud and I had a client call. So I had to, I went downstairs where like there was very loud, anybody. a lot of barking and meowing. Y- and yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went downstairs and like people were just like kind of just like talking about like video games and like Star Wars and the Marvel movies. And I was like, man, if this wasn't just a convention fully centered on like all y'all's kinks. It's just another nerd convention. So it's kind of like Comic-Con, but where all the comic book characters are played by animals. It was like Comic-Con, except I did see someone greet another human being. One of them, the the greeter, was dressed as a tiger, um, greeted the greetee by getting down on all fours and shoving its face into the crotch of the other person. So, so that's not little, how you greet people at Comic-Con? No, a little different, I think. Mm. I haven't been to Comic-Con, though, so I can't really speak to it. But it was an interesting <laughs> environment. I'll say that. I was just wondering if you saw any, like, you know, Siberian Huskies ordering coffee. And uh, what, was, I, what, was their, what was their order? Just a saucer of milk so I can lap it up in the corner. They had, I saw a bunch of people, huskies and dogs and wolves and all sorts of unicorns and whatnot, uh, ordering coffee. Uh, a lot of bre- breakfast burritos were being had, <laughs> just getting, just nibbling down on those bad boys. Um, yeah. That's probably uh, what I, my dog would order if he could order. Just a ham and cheese shop, yeah. and egg breakfast burrito. Yeah. Uh, I did see one wolf 
in a like a football jersey for some reason, uh, walking around with a jug full of pennies, which <laughs> for some reason seemed very ominous to me, and I don't know why. Well, you see, Kush, when your dog is misbehaving, if you put a bunch of pennies in a jar and you shake it at them when they're being bad, then they know to stop. But in this case, the dog was carrying the pennies. Right, because he'd already killed his owner for shaking oh. that goddamn can. Yeah. This is mine now. You I'm, I'm a wolf. I ate your throat. This is mine. Hmm. I needed to get the money to buy my breakfast burrito. Yeah, he might have he might have done. Yeah. It was so it was weird. <laughs> it's a shit to work from. But uh yeah, no. Um Midwest for a festival. Well, why did you keep why did you keep begging me to go back for the other two days? I don't Yeah, it do. was I mean Michael, you know why. So curious. Because <laughs> I was there on day one in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was very tame. Tame <laughs> being a weird word to use in that whole situation. No, no pun um, intended. Yeah. Um, very tame. I can only... And the thing is, so like at the, the hotel, like everyone, all the staff, like the the coffee shop folks and like the, 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 like the bellhops when I was walking out, they were so nice. Like, everyone was just, like, fully into it, which was really cool. Like, well, I, I kind of... But that was day one. I'll say, I, I don't want to see think, what day two though, is like. that... Especially at the Hyatt Regency right near the airport, you probably get a lot of conferences. Like, you're, you're not getting the ones that go to the McCormick place. Like, you know, your big shows and your Comic-Con Chicago's and, and stuff like that. But you're going to get the smaller ones, yeah. you know? I am so it was weird. I guess I mean, we talked. It was similar atmosphere. Like the the conversations I overheard were very similar to like other conventions. And there was like a gaming room for like tabletop games called the Gaming Den, <laughs> <laughs> which was fun. Um, but like it was, I guess the, the weirdest thing about it, like nothing was that odd about other than like the people dressed up, like. It was just weird to me that like that were there's a conference or like any sort of activity centered around like a sexual kink. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm sure there are like BDSM conferences and stuff like that, but like it was just odd to see like we're all here because we're we have the same sexual shit going on. But that's what I wonder is like everyone there is it a sexual thing? Because don't some people like actually just like and yeah, and then live I don't out actually, their lives as, as like the animal. That's a good point. And so actually, like, do you I have don't to keep know. them from peeing on things? Oh, well, that I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe that's taking a little, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I will say half the people, or no, probably more than half, I would say 80% of the folks there, like, especially in that first morning, were just dressed in normal clothes, like mm-hmm. people clothes. <laughs> a lot of people did have tails attached to them. So uh, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, you know how you do. Well, Michael, what do you got for me this week? Um... I mean, we are talking, we already we're have talked about, about sex stuff. Well, we're talking about animals. We're also talking about sex stuff. Oh, we are talking about sex stuff. Well, Michael, so I can see how you might, that conversation might feel a little weird to talk about, you know, sexy times, dressed as an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel when you stumble across, like, really just, like, visceral sex scenes in, in a book or in a movie? In a movie, I don't find it as weird as in a book. For some reason, a, a very graphic sex scene in a book is like, it's kind of awkward because it's yeah. like page upon page. Yeah. And so in movies, I get a little weirded by because I, I, I generally like almost like, 
I don't know if I'm being prudish or it's just how I was raised. Like, I generally look away, like, for some reason. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not looking I, away. No, fuck that. I, I mean, it depends on the scene. I might look at it. But, like, <laughs> I think in movies and in books, the shorter, like, not necessarily the shorter, the better, but, like, That's shorter sometimes. Said. Yeah. Hey, oh, she probably didn't. No. Um, in books, I think it's actually better when, like, they just kind of, like, and then they bone. And then just, like, you know, fade to black. Yeah, because um, they have to use the words. They have to use... It's just weird to hear the words, like, heaving bosoms and... And some books are written for that. They're specifically to get to that throbbing member. For sure. Yeah. Well, Michael, it might shock you to know that not everyone is good at writing sex scenes. Weird. Yeah, very odd. Um, The Literary Review just published their Bad Sex and Fiction Award finalists. And if you don't mind... I'd like to read you the eight finalists. I would love that. I have a couple questions first. Yes, please. Are these just any sex scene in any book or is it a specific genre or? It's in fiction. I think it's in any fiction. Any fiction. So even like the stuff that is specifically written as a, a sexual novel. Yes. Hmm. That, that would include Erotica, that. Erotica, if you will. Erotica. Uh, shocking. I mean, maybe not shocking because- those people are professionals. <laughs> yes. There is no erotica on this list. Probably because you couldn't get a book published as erotica if you were that bad at writing a sex scene. You can overlook first... it in a book of like a sci-fi book, maybe. Yeah, but uh, it's a little weird because the first person on the list is Tom Wolfe. <laughs> what now? Who's written some shit. Why did Tom he Wolf write... Was, he, Why did he, he write wrote a sex scene? Because he's Tom Wolf, and sometimes people have sex in his books, man. Hmm. But in I Am Charlotte Simmons, this is just amazing. And this is even better because it was published on my birthday. This is an article from uh, Pajiba.com. But uh, I'm gonna I'm just going to read these to you word for word, Michael. Okay. This is Tom Wolf from I Am Charlotte Simmons. Slither, 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 slither went the tongue. But the hand, that was what she tried to concentrate on. The hand. Since it has the entire terrain of her torso to explore, and not just the otorhino laryngological caverns, dot dot dot. Oh, laryngological. So I assume it has something to do with the laryng- inside of her mouth. So I know this because Michael, you know me. I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> I um, I won my county spelling bee, or I placed in my county spelling bee mm-hmm. uh, when I was like 11, and Aren't so I got you that whole fancy. Yeah, but so I got the, like the Scripps Howard like spelling book like for all the words, and I would always I was always looking for the longest words in there, mm. and the longest one I could find was otorhinolaryngology, <laughs> which is the study of the ear, nose, and throat. So, oh God, it's not just her throat. He wants no. to get all of in her ear and nose too. So Tom Wolf had a, I guess, I, I probably the eponymous Charlotte Simmons. Um, Someone's tongue was doing all that good slithery work down down yonder, but she really wanted to focus on the hand. The hand, yeah, not the tongue so, in my nose. So, well, the t- so I I don't who who knows where the tongue is currently, <laughs> but that hand is exploring her torso, and not just the ear, nose, and throat the caverns. <laughs> the caverns of the ear, nose, and throat. What? Okay, wait. So the hand is doing the ear, nose, and throat stuff. The hand is exploring which. Also happens to be near the torso. Who? Well, how is this woman shaped? Yeah. 
Okay, so I had to look up Tom Wolf because I, I was like, maybe I'm thinking about a different Tom Wolf. No, you're not. Bonfire of the Vanities, The Right Stuff, something about Noam Chomsky. This man, this 86-year-old man wrote a book in the year of our Lord 2017. Yeah. And he put a sex scene that said those words in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Uh-huh. He wrote the goddamn right stuff, Michael. <laughs> he wrote the... He wrote a book about our first astronauts, and then he wrote this fucking, fucking book. Oh, what? Okay. He's a famous journalist. He wrote one of the most famous books oh. about space travel in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote, slither, 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 <laughs> slither, went the tongue, but she was focused on the hand. Which was in her ear, nose, and throat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ca- caverns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The caverns of her ear, nose, and throat. Yes. It's a classic. And that actually might not have been... Okay, you know, yeah, so... It keeps going? No, oh, yeah. Actually, so, I apologize. That book was not from this year. That was just a previous winner of the Bad Sex and Fiction Award. Okay. So... Okay, still bad. So, here come the seven finalists. Oh, okay. If you're ready. So, am I I now to judge all of these versus the Tom Wolfe one? Yes. So, these are the seven, and I think, Michael, we're each going to pick a winner... That we think is the worst. And okay. we want our, our, our listeners to also vote. We'll uh, send us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com for what you think the worst is. <laughs> Feel free to listen back because it's going to get pretty wild. <laughs> All right. We're going to start off at the top, Michael. You ready for this? Yep. Yep. It's from Lawrence Binet, the seventh function of language. He puts his hands on Bianca's shoulders and slips off her low cut top. Suddenly inspired, he whispers into her ear, as if to himself, I desire the landscape that is enveloped in this woman, a landscape I do not know, but that I can feel, and until I have unfolded that landscape, I will not be happy. Bianca shivers with pleasure. Simon whispers to her with an authority that he's never felt before, let's construct an assemblage. (laughs) What in the fuck? So wait, the first part is what he whispered to her? I desire the landscape of this woman that is enveloped in this woman. <laughs> Who was he talking to? Uh, Bianca, obviously. <laughs> you know how you have these really bad ideas in your head, like these horrible things that run through your head? Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And then yeah. you just say them out loud to the whoever's happens to be in front of you and who you are currently inside of? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I don't know that. I don't know that at all. <laughs> and then... Let's construct an assemblage. An assemblage between yes. my penis and your vagina. It's like the That's end how of he Trans- says vagina, I assume. Vagina. <laughs> it's like the end of Transformers 3 when they try to rebuild Cybertron right on Earth. You can't do that. Let's construct an assemblage. There's no room for it. Are you ready for the second one, Michael? At least you didn't say let's assemble an assemblage. Let's an assemble at a constructionage. Mm. You know? Up, up next, Christopher Bolin from the Destroyers. On the stone porch in the hot mountain air, we grapple with our clothing, which, in the darkness, becomes as, cl- <laughs> becomes as complicated as mountaineering gear. Her black shirt around her neck, mine unbuttoned, our shorts and underwear slid to her ankles. We seem to be moving at avalanche speed, and also, unfortunately, with avalanche precision. <laughs> which I have to assume... Speed. And so he's just he's just spewing it all over the place. He's just <laughs> It's almost so Michael, we actually this weekend watched The Room for the first time, oh, the awful yeah. the awful movie. Yeah. I just assume this is Tommy Wiseau so humping a girl's belly button. 
for like 30 minutes. That had some of the most, speaking of, of sex scenes in movies, that had some of the worst, most awkward and sound-filled sex scenes I've ever seen. So speaking of normal movies, sex scenes, I, I generally look away. I couldn't. No. I was actually transfixed mm-hmm. by The Room. Yeah. It, especially the sex scene that happened at different points in the movie, but they reused the same footage. That one was pretty good. Especially because the the roses didn't show up till after the first version of that sex scene, but somehow there were roses. There were roses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was... I can't say it's an amazing movie because it is inherently not. But you need to but, watch it if you're going to go see The Disaster Artist, which I have not yes. seen, but I have been told you have to. It's the rules. <laughs> the thing I like about this one, most of all, I think, is that they they undress themselves. They're grappling with their clothing. Kind of undress themselves. And then she leaves her shirt around her neck. Uh-huh. Just and around he, the neck. Yeah. And his is just on buttons. So we just, just wanted button, her arms so. free. And the, like just the sexiest of clothing, shorts, they slide to their ankles, and they're like, "Yeah, we're good." <laughs> and then, and then an avalanche, and then just pow, 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 pow. an yeah. avalanche speed and precision. Mostly, again, avalanches all over the place. Yeah, not not precise. They just cover everything in their path. It's like, oh no, not there. No, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> you, you you missed, bud. <laughs> Are you ready for number three? Uh, wait, I was trying to decide which one was worse between those two. I mean, you want to go as we go? Yeah, we're gonna. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to put them. Th- put them in order. I in think. My head. I think. Yeah. Let Let's construct an assemblage is the least sexy thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I was, it has to be that. Yeah, I think. I think it's it's the uh, first one and then second one in my rankings of worst. And also, I desire the landscape, which is an <laughs> inherently an open thing that is enveloped in this woman. In the, in the woman. In the woman. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a real hollow earth situation. <laughs> <laughs> Just not great. Okay, so uh, we're going to go next to uh, Venetia Welby in Mother of Darkness. And this one's just like bad writing, but, you know, whatever. Here we go. Light filters in from the ravaging streaks of the dawn. It splits into fragments of every hue the world is, has hidden as it strikes the prism of their shelter. Tara's eyes expand and reflect crystal orbs of time and space. She moans in colors as he pushes the white dress away and beyond the angelic flesh, lum- luminescent against the damp mossy bed. That's just a lot of adjectives, yeah, which they, as a writer, you're told to avoid. She, she clearly hasn't had any writing training since, um, like, what, what were those tests where they told you to use, like, vivid words? The vivid pornography test, I think. <laughs> No, there was there was like a writing test that you, that you took in like like sixth grade and then tenth grade or whatever, and then you had the to, FCAT. I don't know. Man. I didn't. I went to private school. Oh, that's right. You went to private school. There was there yeah. was some stupid test, and they were like the more vivid words you used, like the better you would score, and so you would just write adjectives. That is and literally the and- opposite of writing. What writing should be? That is the word. <laughs> wow, damn! Public school really is broken. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I will say this woman has never had sex, right? Uh, yes. Okay. No, she does yeah. not know. She's British because there's a, a U in colors, Um, but she moans in colors. What do you think that means? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe she's just yelling out colors of things. Indigo! Indigo! Because they are in a prism, so there is there is every color that the world is hidden in there. Yeah. 
I will say, so we're in the we're in the badlands of this one. It's gonna get a little worse before it gets better, but um are you ready for number five? Uh, I can't wait. Four. Are you ready for number four? Shit. <laughs> okay. Neil Griffiths, as God might be. Looking down, she unbuckled his belt. Quote, We're grown ups. Perhaps he wasn't quite in the moment, because he thought of Kierkegaard and Socrates. If there wasn't great wisdom gained by lust, by love, its consummation, the aesthetics of all this, then you were doing it wrong. Quote, kiss me again. (laughs) Perhaps I'm not in the moment. Yeah, but I'm thinking of Kierkegaard right now. And Socrates. Look, if that's what gets you off, uh, I mean, whatever. I'm not going to yuck any yums here. Is that what philosophy like majors think about instead of baseball? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you keep it. That's how you keep it down. Because <laughs> baseball can be very erotic because you got the bat. Yeah. You got to you put the, the pine tar on the bat. There's oh, balls involved. You, oh, get from, you, get to, you get to the bases. Yeah. You're in that warm up circle just swinging and swinging. Mm, and then, swinging oh, it. now I'm at the bat and I got to figure it out. Oh, okay. And then strikes and... And, and umpire and pitching changes and God, I can't, oh, I got a boner right now. And, w- and what even is a ground rule double? <laughs> yeah. Or there's Plato's The Republic. <laughs> and I'll just think about that the whole time. <laughs> that might work. If you're pondering the reason for your existence, then you might not even be able to get it up at all. If I actually knew enough about Plato's The Republic to like actually think about it and be like, was the cave thing in the in the Republic? I don't think it was. I think that was a different jam by Plato. Oh yeah, the Ptolemy's cave or whatever. Yeah, Ptolemy. Yeah, I I knew that. I said Plato, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a torch and people are handcuffed down there. I don't fuck. I don't know if that's the same thing. That probably is. Um, but yeah. All right, you ready for Jarrett Kobex? We we the nailed that one. Lo- yeah, that one. We just got. Hey. I showed off a lot of sexual and baseball knowledge on that one, so... We knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Got him. All right, this is The Future Won't Be Long by Jarrett Kobeck. Thank God this is just... bad. <laughs> this is three paragraphs, the longest section Ooh. to date, Michael. They really had to get a lot of jam-packed sexual imagery in this one. I hope there's a lot of vivid verbs. Nope. <laughs> Memories of these previous encounters became distant, remote, erased, once I got down to brass tacks with John D. Lee. You know, the sexiest brass tacks. Yep. That was a that was a Michael Cushion aside. Put those tacks right in me. And also, brass tacks are like the little details that no one gives a shit about. Just like, that's how I generally feel about sex. Just like, okay, fine. I just assumed it was like, oh, your penis is like a brass tack. <laughs> really long Small and, and cold and pointy. And it really hurts. With John, it was communication, a dialogue between two bodies, electric impulses transmitted over wires of flesh and bone, words one cannot speak, words that can only be heard, with skin that becomes skin, that became skin anew. <laughs> we made love. Why are you and we peeling off her skin? That's not how it works. Michael. <laughs> we made love. And we had sex. And we had sex, and we made love. But reader, again, I implore. Mistake me not. I am not your Pollyanna. I am not your sweet princess. We fucked. We fucked. We fucked. We fucked. We fucked. We fucked. Jared Kobeck, the future won't be long. Jesus. Michael, what do you think they did in that scene? I think they were lifting weights. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely doing a little bow, fact, bow, bow flex action. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Peloton bike. Words that can, one cannot speak, words that can only be heard. Mm. Yeah, you can't we speak fucked. them. You can just we hear fucked. them. We fucked. Is that the sound it makes? Because if it is, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, this is all very bad. The wires <sighs> of flesh and bone was possibly the most disturbing thing phrase I think I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah, I was talking earlier about how they have to use like the words for the sex scene. And that those weren't the words I was thinking of. But those are worse than anything you could write about a sex scene. Like, honestly, I wish they had just said she slapped my throbbing member around for a while. And then I made goo juice and it was fine. <laughs> she screwed it across the carpet until she was charged up. And then she touched my penis and it shocked it. And that caused me to avalanche with the precision of... Of a blizzard. Of a blizzard all over the walls. And like, honestly, like, that was, that's better. I feel like I think less is more when it comes to sex scenes. There's two more. Do you want to do you want to finish out? I, I you can't leave me hanging now. I got to finish. <laughs> I mean, I could leave you hanging like with those. I know. I'm, hey, man, I know you got those blue balls. right I now. got them. So who's your clubhouse leader right now? Because we are about to get into the, the money makers. Oh, man, it's close between that first one and this and this. This last one was pretty bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. OK, well, this is Wilbur Smith. With David Churchill from a book named War Cry. And again, I will say this. Wilbur Smith is a fucking good writer. The guy can string together a thriller. So two dudes wrote a sex scene. I can already tell you this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. War Cry by Wilbur Smith and David Churchill. Quote, I'm going to have to leave you now, Leon said. He led her back up the beach to where the sand was dry. Then he took off his coat, placed it on the ground, and she laid down upon it. Christ, he muttered, placing himself on top of her. It's bloody cold. I might get frostbite on my cock. She gave a low, purring laugh. Silly man, why didn't you put it somewhere hot? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You know what? That that one's the best. Because they just get right to it. They just get down there. They just get down in it. But they're on a beach, presume, I have to assume, like, in the British Isles somewhere. Yeah, it's very cold. And I guess they're already naked. Oh, he's not, because he took off his coat. Why not just go find, like, a hotel? Fuck. Why are you going to fuck on the beach and it's cold as shit? But yeah, he's going to, but but his cock's going to be warm. It's true. It's like, it's like when you're walking with someone and they purposefully forget their coat so that you will have to put your arms around them or your coat around them. It's a, so the it's a ploy, thing. you see. So he opens this by saying, I'm going to have you now, which is one of the most buck wild ways I've ever even thought of to say, <laughs> I'd really like to put myself inside of you. Well, we, we did say it was two guys writing this. Yeah, true. And then also, so he's fully Women dressed. Women love that. And also he's fully dressed. So he takes off his coat and lays it down on the ground for her like it's a puddle for her to walk on, but it's a beach for her to get fucked on. And then he says, like, he didn't know that it was cold and that he wasn't about to have sex with this woman. Like, he initiated this. Christ, placing himself on top of her. It's bloody cold. I might get frostbite on my cock. Knowing what he's about to do, his dick is still safely within his pants and underwear. Maybe not. Maybe when he took off his coat, he just immediately stripped down everything else. Cock out first. Probably cock out before coat off is 
Maybe he's not wearing anything I... underneath the coat. Maybe he is just he's the flasher. Okay. It's just he was wearing a trench like an, the executive. He's wearing the executive <laughs> wearing and then the executive just, exactly. Now I'm ready for business, which all things considered is more considerate of her than like, oh, here's my blazer. Lay down on this very cold beach sand apparently and I'm going to make you have sex with me. I don't like this scene. At yeah. <laughs> so it's a bad one. Yeah. But it's not the worst. It's no, not the worst th- writing about a sex scene. It's just it's just the worst sex like, scene. Con- yeah, a conceptual sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> the Are you ready for the bad. final the final finalist? Yes. This is by Simon Rowe from Here Comes Trouble. A clothed body is always human or human-like. So Buckwild. What? A naked body, always animal or animal-like. Still very, very, very wild. Only at close quarters is the full extent of a body's wildness revealed. Like when a bird gets trapped inside a house, one is moved to not entirely human thinking then. One goes towards its animalness. This is... The most dangerously insane thing I believe I've ever read. What is it? Because, Michael, you know how when, like, you get really close to a person. Yeah, you just just go animal. Like a naked person. Uh And then their body starts flying to pieces like a bird inside of a house. (laughs) They just really can't escape. And it's so angry and just running into the window over and over. It's like running to the window and it poops a couple times and, like, Oh shit, it broke its goddamn neck and oh now my, I have to put it in a shoebox because I feel bad. That body is so dead. Yeah. Its you know head how fell right off. You know how it's like sex? Yeah, like yeah. That? It's very it's very close to sex. See, I was thinking it was more similar to like when a squirrel gets into the dog door and your dog sees it and freaks out, and now the squirrel and the dog are all animal like. And they're running into everything, and then the dog eventually catches the squirrel, and there's and then squirrel blood it. everywhere, and that's pretty much what the body is like when you have sex. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, we actually did just describe a furry convention though, with that one. <laughs> uh, we're going to get letters for that. I hope so. <laughs> Email us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We, we welcome all your notes. Um, so I think it's time to pick a, a winner of the worst sexual writing of uh, in, in fiction awards. Um, I kind of just want to choose Tom Wolf again, even though I know he already won. <laughs> I mean, that one, none, none of the other ones live up to the badness of that Tom Wolf one, but I still got to go with the first one. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he used the word otorhidolaryngological caverns is bad. Uh, just to be c- contrary, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go with Venetia Welby, the mother of darkness, with the uh, fragments of light in every hue splitting <laughs> off into my eye peepers. I think that's I think that's the one I have to go with. Were, were they saw colors wait i, I she moaned in she colors. moaned colors yes yes of course as he pushes the white dress away not off away just push it away be gone dress <laughs> see you later <laughs> also damn it, i didn't even think about this the closing of that one says luminescent against the damp mossy bed oh yeah that's gross i didn't even think about that are they having sex in the forest it must be on a big old pile of bad moss. But they said that's the, how you prism, get. the prism of their house or something like that, right? The prism of their shelter. Oh, yeah. so they're like in a tent? 
Maybe. Kind of thing but again, situation. a damp, mossy bed, that's how you get bugs all up in your mm, business. Mm-hmm. You get bugs from moss. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I always think of when I think of bad sexual writing, I'm like, oh, yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, because I tried to read that once and it was horrifying. That was better than all of these. <laughs> and they tried, these books tried to be serious. Didn't that one try to be serious? I can't imagine they were. She was trying. E.L. James. I don't think she really wanted that one. <laughs> I mean, it was a Twilight fan fiction for Christ's sake, but she got a lot of money from it, so good for her. Mm. I, I will say it upsets me that I've heard of two of these authors, Tom, like Tom Wolf, Past Winter, and Wilbur Smith. Because I feel like it should be be- they should be better. I don't know. I or mean, it- th- there's a couple authors. I mean, like Stephen King. Writes good books. I don't want to read a Stephen King sex scene. No, and I think he generally, I mean, he includes some of that stuff in there, but like, I think he knows enough about himself to like not get into detail. Mm-hmm. Or he'll get only get into the detail of like the weird parts. Of that. <laughs> Just the weird, the weirdest parts. Yeah. And maybe the worst part about this is for some reason, I've like. Some of the, like, other podcasts I like have generated, like, weird fanfics about certain things. And, like, I've read some bad sexual writing on, like, the Tumblers, for instance. And those are better than this shit, which is bad. So when do they announce the winner, their their selected winner? Uh, Let me find out. I will, uh, let me look at that. But uh, there is a comment on this, which I really appreciate. It just says, the avalanche metaphor made me laugh because I'm just picturing this guy stabbing wildly at this woman <laughs> with his dick while trapped with inside of his own shirt with his head like just <laughs> stuck in within like the folds of the sleeves. <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. Okay, let me find out when this will be. Oh, actually, okay, so I know the uh I have we have the winner. It was announced four days ago. Ooh. Yeah, would you uh, would you care to guess, Michael? Um, the last one. No. Okay. So okay. Well, this is tough because the winner, the quoted the quoted passage that I had, uh, did not include the a phrase that they really gave it to him for. Mm. Okay. So the award goes to the Destroyers by Christopher Bolin, uh, the gentleman who. On the stone porch in the hot mountain air, it grappled mm. with our clothing, which in the dark The avalanche. The avalanche man. Mm. But he won it because also <laughs> he included a, uh, I think before that scene, the, f- the sentence. The skin along her arms and shoulders are different shades of tan, like water stains in a bathtub. Mm, that is sexy. Highly, highly sexual. Hmm. Damn it. Okay, uh, I found another article, and all of these writers have so many better things. Uh, Laura Lawrence Benet described a graphic action taken by, quote, a mouth machine. A mouth Venetia machine? Wel- huh. Venetia Welby, my winner, used the phrase diabolical torso. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently... Apparently, so in the winner, in the Destroyers from Christopher Boland, the narrator of that book describes his own anatomy, his penis, as, quote, a billiard rack. A billiard rack. A rack. So just a gigantic triangle with however, 15 balls balls in it. (laughs) 15 balls. 
Maybe he got confused with the Q? Maybe. But still, that's a weird shape for a penis, Damn, too. Apparently, John Updike, who's... I haven't actually read any of John Updike's books. has re, ha, He received a special lifetime achievement in this category from Literary Review. So now I feel like I need to read some John Updike books. Yeah, it's just like bad Daniel Steele. Yeah. So here's a, here's a quote. So the London-based Literary Review told The Guardian... The judges felt there are parts in the book where Bolin goes overboard in his attempts to describe the familiar in new terms, leading occasionally to confusion. In the line quoted, they were left unsure as to how many testicles the character in question actually has. <laughs> That's true. Was is he does he have a billiard cue and then a billiard rack below the cue? <laughs> it's a super long, very thin penis <laughs> with, 15 with fifteen balls, balls set in a triangular. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only way to hold fifteen balls. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for certainly the most convenient. Yeah. Well, Michael, what do you have for me? <laughs> Spent a lot of time on that. Uh. You want to know the weirdest thing that happens when you dissect a dead body? Other than the boner? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Other than that. Actually worse than that. Whose boner, though? His or mine? (laughs) 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 If If you've given them the boner, then you're doing something right. (laughs) Then the corpse lights up a cigarette. (laughs) Apparently... In addition to the fact that there's a terrible smell and there's fat everywhere, mm-hmm. apparently it makes you hungry. Okay, because of like this, I don't, I, I assume because of the smell. I have no idea, but it was this article that I came across where I was like, "Well, what happens when you dissect a dead body?" And it was like medical students talking about some grim truths. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay, there's fat everywhere. I get that. I've dissected a frog. Smells bad. Okay, it's dead. Uh, and they're like, weirdly, it won't put you off your food. Somebody says, strangely enough, the hunger was the worst part. Quote, it's unquote. weird that they use the quote, the hunger, mm-hmm. rather than weirdly getting hungry. No, was yeah, the, the hunger. Uh, something about the smell always made my entire class hungry at the end. No matter what time of day. That is so weird. It's not just that his class was full of actual sociopaths. <laughs> Maybe. It doesn't say where they went to med school. It was like an actual cannibalistic med school. <laughs> Long pig you. Ooh. Just... <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I guess, I don't want to say I get it, because I've never done it. I can't imagine. But like, it is just like that smell of like raw meat and like fat. I guess, like, you're just digging through it. I can kind of see, like, that's just what what a good steak or pork chop, th- like, smells like, so. Yeah, but I can't imagine even if you were dissecting, like, a pig, you'd be, like, rooting through it and be like, kind of want to, kind of want to, uh, some jerky, some, some pork jerky. You know jerky. what I love? Just, like, a ton of bacon. Just a ton um, of bacon. I will say, so I've, I somehow managed to avoid most autopsies and, uh, like dissections in school. I was going to say, I think they're called dissections. <laughs> Unless you're trying to figure out how the frog died. And then I will tell you, your teacher killed it. Scientifically, someone put a bolt through its head. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, dissections. So, I actually, I skipped regular biology in high school to take AP biology because mm. 
Regular biology had to dissect the frog, and I knew that. AP biology didn't have to dissect anything? AP biology didn't dissect shit. What? For some fucking reason. I don't know why. You also, feel like anatomy, you should be able to dissect more stuff in AP biology. No, we didn't. I don't know why, but I did get a five on that test. <laughs> um, anatomy class had to dissect a cat, which I wasn't into. So I actually got away. I got through high school without dissecting anything. But in middle school, because I went to a Christian middle school and they didn't believe in actually like education. Um, you dissected I dis- Jesus. I, I dissected two things. Mm-hmm. A flower. Just mm. a flower. Get that sweet pistol and that stem. Oh, that stamen. Mm. And a Publix chicken wing. <laughs> I dissected a Publix chicken wing. And um, I will say by the end of that class, I did want I did want a chicken wing. <laughs> You fucking just killed me. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, I probably would have eaten the chicken wing. I mean, to be fair, it was uncooked. I uh, did want to throw it. Oh, okay, it was a cooked chicken wing. It was a, it was a raw Publix chicken wing. We, like, literally, she walked in with, a, like, two slabs of, like, 18 wings. It was like, okay, rip it apart now and tell me what's in the wing. It's like, I don't think that's We already actually. know what's in the wing. That good chicken. Good, good it's chicken meat. That good, tasty bird. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. So. So you understand you know, the hunger is what you're saying. I understand the hunger. I, I can commiserate with these horrible, horrible doctors and or just lab trainees. So the last thing on this list that. Uh, Actually, we have a friend who does cadaver labs as part of his that's job. That's true. We should ask him. We need to. Can you get that, that bad, that deep hunger? Yeah. Do you ever bring a hot plate into the cadaver room? <laughs> I bet he does. So it says the bottom line is is it's actually quite sad. Uh, several students admitted to it making them think of their own mortality with one saying, holding someone's brain in your hands, it's smaller than you may think. Realizing that all of someone's hopes, dreams, loves, fears, angers, memories are now just a chunk of dead tissue in your hands. Hammers home your own mortality. Dot, dot, dot. Then you realize you're starving from all the chemicals and go out to lunch. <laughs> I really, I really I hope was, that these people don't become doctors somehow. I was ever. about to call that guy such a pretentious douchebag piece of shit. And then I was like, oh, no, never mind. He totally. Actually, I think this wins under- now for the the worst. The worst sexual writing. writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, I just, I realized that I held a, someone's entire life in my hands, just the entirety of their personality, and now they're dead and in the ground and not going anywhere. And then I put it down and I jerked off for twelve hours, <laughs> like an All avalanche. Right. Yeah, just like just like an avalanche. Yeah, that's bad. Hey, Kush, have you ever been mad at Santa? Oh, constantly. He he used to not bring me all the good things I wanted. Yeah, right. Have you ever been mad at the mall Santa? For no. not being the real Santa? No, I, I think I discovered that one in the privacy of my own home. Mm. Have you ever been a grown-ass adult woman and yelled <laughs> at the Santa for not being <laughs> for not being a real Santa? Wait, so this woman was, was not in on the choke? Uh, no. no. Oh, sh- hey, hey, real quick. Content warning for anyone who 
for some fucking reason, is still listening to this show with their kid in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're about to discuss Santa and how real he is. How real he is. He so is. So is. That that good, big, fat elf man. Mm -hmm. Love him. He's so real and good and gives me all the presents. Okay, now that the kids are gone. Yeah, now the kids have finally stopped listening to the sex writing. (laughs) (laughs) This woman came into a mall in Dufferin Dufferin Mall in Toronto, Canada, our neighbors to the north. They're supposed to be better than us. I know. She busted into the area where Santa Claus was and started screaming at him and called him a fucking dickhead uh, and berated him for not having a sleigh. She says, you're not magic. You're not nothing. You don't even have a fucking sleigh. I assume alcohol was a factor in this encounter. Uh, you know, it doesn't say. She says, you're not <laughs> you're not magic. You're not even real. And <laughs> you as a human being are not even real. And the crazy thing is, this is how you know it was Canada, though. Santa did not do shit. For 30 yeah, seconds, it- this woman just berated him and then he just got up and walked away. An American mall Santa would have, would have punched her in the stomach. Like four seconds in. Yeah. He would have beaten the shit out of this woman because like, he would have been fuck, drunk. Faux show. Fuck you. I'm so real. And now all these kids have to see me hurt you because you've been naughty. Like they see the, they're, they're about to see the consequences of being on the naughty list. <laughs> right? Like she, she's on the naughty list forever. 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 Also, what? Was, did she even have a kid or did she just show up at like. The, the video only starts like. As she's, like, obviously yelling at him because... No, How old is this woman? Does she appear to be? I, I can't I can't even tell you. But she's she's an older woman. She's, like, maybe in her f- late 40s or 50s or something. She's a very small, rotund woman. So in my head, this woman loves Santa. Mm-hmm. She, very like, much. adored him. She Christmas is her 100% favorite holiday. Actually, Boxing Day is probably her favorite holiday because that's the best day for Canadians. Um, but she was just walking through the mall and with a friend and saw, oh, look at this Santa hanging out, giving all those, getting getting a wish list from kids. She's like, oh, that's so sweet that Santa would take time out of his busy schedule right before the holidays to listen to all these kids. And one of her friends was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That man earns minimum wage. He's homeless half the year. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? That's Santa. And her friend had to explain to her, no, that Santa's not real. And she went fucking apeshit on a mall Santa because she just discovered at the age of 48, Lorraine Babbitt from Montreal was like, oh shit, Santa's, Santa's fake. Fuck this guy. Okay, I'm looking at the end of the video now. She yes. definitely walks over to a stroller to push her kids away, which is, <gasps> I figured it out. She's the best mom ever. Oh, yeah. She has like a four-year-old and somebody, she just overheard them saying that Santa's not real and they got really upset and she was like, no, Santa is real. This guy in the mall is not real, though. That's what they were talking about. I'm going to give him a fucking piece of my mind. I'm going to break this guy's dick off and feed it to Blitz. Yeah. And you don't have a slave here clearly because not the right he's Santa. fucking fake. Exactly. Fuck you. Okay, I've totally come around 180. She's definitely the, she's the, she's the best mom ever. Um, so this actually reminds me, yeah, actually, I'm fully on board with that. I'm, I'm with I wouldn't that. say you fucking dickhead in front of my kids, maybe, when I'm trying to, but you gotta make it real. You gotta sell it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say 
dickhead if I was Canadian because I don't think you're legally allowed to. Now I think she has to go to Canadian jail. Now her kids are going to be alone on Christmas anyway, which is tough. No, I think you just explain what happened and you say sorry and then you get to so- go home. Sorry, eh? Yeah. Um, you don't get to buy will- any maple syrup for like a week, though, I think. You actually have to buy like Aunt Jemima, yeah, like that corn syrup which shit. Which is fucking Ooh, rough. On yikesers. Um, I will say, this reminds me of not to go too deep into the Tumblr lore, um, a post I saw a couple weeks ago. So, you know that all the Santa's reindeers are uh, women or f- female reindeer? Um, I did not know that. Yeah. So, apparently, uh, male reindeer shed their horns before winter starts huh. uh, for many season, and women, the, the female reindeer, keep them. Huh. And all of Santa's reindeer have horns that's a good point uh so uh all of de facto all of santa's good reindeer including the ones that our stupid cartoons call boys are actually actually female reindeer Hmm. um and they are magic reindeer that can fly so maybe they just keep their antlers they are yeah that's very true and not to bring this too much back into the uh the furry realm but uh i so this post was Someone mentioned, like, uh, it's weird when you think about how all Santa's reindeer are women. And someone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they said that. And then the response was just like, hey, asshole, do you know do you know how difficult you just made my life as a furry and a furry artist for the holidays? You fucking killed me. Great fucking job. Yeah, man, that would suck if you were if you were a reindeer furry male. Mm-hmm. You'd have to get rid of your antlers in the wintertime. Just got to shed them. Got to shed them off. Got to be true to life. Yeah, it makes it very difficult, I imagine. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, reindeer games. I would still go with the I'm magic, though. So... Yeah, I mean, that's the simplest. It's just like, Santa has gifted me with year-round antlers. Yeah. They're my very good boys. So I keep them on me at all times. Because technically, it's always the winter at the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And never mating season because no one needs to do that. No. You just make toys because Santa doesn't pay you shit and tells you to make toys all. Although it would make sense that they were all the same gender because there hasn't been a new reindeer in a long, long time. It's been a minute, huh? Yeah. I I mean, they're magic and immortal. Yeah, they're magic and immortal and they cannot have sex or have. Or else they. They probably can have sex. They they just can't have reindeer babies. No, they probably lose all of their good powers if they have sex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you've read the popular lore, Michael, but having sex makes you instantly powerless and a bad person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to build it up so that you can fly on it. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually how they fly. Damn it. I just re-stumbled. Like, I, so I'm, I was going through my sister's Tumblr to find that post in question. And I did some look, stumble across a, a post that is more um, long as our lives worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a gift set of Tom Hanks. <laughs> And he just says, the 1998 Oscars. I found myself in the bathroom in a stall next to Tom Selleck. So I leaned over and said, quote, looks like we're a couple of pee and Toms. His angry silence is something I'll never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) He really, as much as, hey, as much as you guys insist that I shit on him, which I don't, he really is a national treasure. He is a national treasure, which is why we get so mad when you shit all over him yeah i guess i could see that Mm -hmm. 
All right, Michael. Well, before we close out, I want to share one last story with you. And this one is a little bit older. It's from 2015, but I can't not share it because apparently we're just doing an animal themed one. But uh, I know how much you love pandas. Love them. They're so roly poly and ridiculous. Like they should not exist. They shouldn't exist. They're too pure and delightful. How far would you go to meet a panda? I mean, I'd probably go pretty far. Okay. What if you saw a panda in a house in your neighborhood? Mm. And what would you do? If I didn't know the people in the house and there was no way for me to, like, ask them to let me see the panda, I would have to break into the house and see the panda. Yeah, okay. A hundred percent. So, and so knowing what you just said, what would you do... If you, Michael, were an Irish attorney named Desmond Moran, just mm. really high-powered attorney. I'm in Ireland and, as an Irish attorney? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. And at the time, you were wearing nothing but stockings and a purple G-string, and you saw the panda in the house. Why am I... Oh, oh sorry. Uh, you're also high on so many drugs, you really uh, can't Okay, so that explains stuff. the first two things. Okay. Uh, oh, well then... Whew. I'm breaking it. I'm defo breaking into that house and probably mm-hmm. in a very, very bad way, like diving headfirst through a window. Very Because powerfully. I am not thinking about the fact that like we're in Ireland and the chances of a panda being in a house are very small. It's just like I want to get I want to go pet that panda. And I need to rescue it. It shouldn't be in the house. It shouldn't be in the house. It's trapped in there. Yeah, it's clearly. Trapped. What if the what if the panda turned out to be a woman who was sleeping in her bed? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like a giant fucking stuffed animal. That just no, no, took a it was turn. an actual human. It was a human woman. Was she dressed as a panda? Oh, no. She was just in her, in her nightgown. She was just, just sleeping. sleeping. Just taking, taking a little sleep, a little siesta on her bed. Did I just come barreling through the window? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you care to guess what else was in the room? A gun? No, her oh. two kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that, children, is why you need a chimney for Santa. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, um, he'll come through and he'll be in his fishnets and G-string. So, <laughs> quote, Mr. Moran, who was arrested at the scene by police, admitted in an interview he was high on crack cocaine at the time and had been sleeping rough, which I don't really know. I think that means homeless. I think it means he was homeless oh, okay. for a number of years prior to the offense. Um would you care to guess what happened to this man? Did you say his last name was Morin? Morin, M-O-R-A-N. So, moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but moron, yeah. moran, spelled like that one guy who... Actually, hold on a second. Here's a, here's a quote later. So, the woman who, after he woke, she woke up and was there with her kids and saw him in the room, said she was shouting at him, but he didn't respond, and then she looked... So, quote, looked closely at him. She realized he wasn't wearing trousers or a jacket. She had to look closely at the man wearing a G- nothing but a G-string and, uh, and fishnets was, to see that he wasn't wearing trousers. It was dark? I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe that was like a really, like an insult. She was just trying to give a little jab. Like, I had to look closely before I realized your, your dangling was just hanging out. So, apparently, he broke into another house. No, no, sorry. He, he walked down into the basement of the house and then... Looking for the panda, clearly. So he was so agitated that officers 
three officers to handcuff him. Would you care to guess? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, here's a quote. Sorry, I didn't read all this before, but this is amazing. Um, quote from Mr. Morin. I honestly didn't see a woman on the bed. I didn't see any children in the bed. I honestly thought it was a big panda bear in the bed. That's what it looked like to me. I had taken some drugs, but I'm pretty certain that's what I saw. I didn't see any woman. Didn't see any kids. Dot, dot, dot. Were they under the panda? (laughs) (laughs) He was just trying to save them from being underneath the panda. Would you care to guess what sentence this man was awarded after... Oh. breaking into a woman's house, oh. scaring her and her children, and fighting off three cops. <laughs> Hopefully court-mandated uh, rehab at the very least, and then it's got to at least be a couple years, right? So, Michael, so bear in mind this was in, in the UK. Mm. So after 30 minutes of deliberation, after only just 30 minutes of deliberation... They cleared him of all charges for trespassing with intent to commit a sexual offense okay. and let him go. So, wait, but trespassing itself is not... Apparently, they only charged him initially with trespassing with intent to commit a sexual offense. And they didn't think to just do the the, the normal vanilla trespassing. Well, I guess, I mean, was the woman, was the woman, like, wanting to press charges and stuff? I would assume, right? I would assume she would want to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was saying, like, maybe trespassing, you know, you you need to have somebody saying, like, oh, they trespassed against me. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thou shalt not, Michael. <laughs> well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us, unless you have any final stories for us. Uh, No. No. I'm good. Okay. Um, Apparently, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather adopted a panda, speaking of pandas, and then he named it after himself. Oh, that's fucking asshole it's not fair he named it yeah he named it tmt which is his personal brand the money train (laughs) (laughs) fucking floyd teenage mutant Uh, turtles just regular turtles just regular turtles just regular turtles well michael uh thank you so much for joining me as always uh sorry it was just me very sensually reading sexual content to everyone for so long um but if you like the show thrice Mm -hmm. Hmm. What do you, what would you say after so if it's if it's once, twice, thrice, is there like a force? I assume it'd be like a quars? Catorce? I don't yeah, catorce, I believe. Just to be all <laughs> Um Yeah, I don't know. But Michael, <laughs> uh, if people enjoyed this episode, uh they can find out more information about it at goodbuddymedia at gmail oh, oh, at goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, and they can also find our sister show, which is you and me and our friend Curtis. We watch every episode of 24. Um, it's called The Longest Days of Our Lives. We are in maybe about a third of the way through uh, season two almost. And uh, yeah, episode eight. Episode eight's coming up. So if you like the show, um, that one, honestly, you've never have to, you don't have to see 24. It's just three dumb idiots talking about a very old TV show. So if you like this one, you'll probably like that one. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. And Michael, how else can people help us out? Yeah, you can find us on uh, all of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, And when you do, please like us. And if you have a few minutes, please review us um, and give us a rating. That would be awesome. You know, that's how we get recognized by other people, by having a lot of good ratings and a lot of good reviews. So 
Um, please do that if you have some time. And you can also find us on all of the social media sites um, at TILPCast, TILPCast, um, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm going to try to post some pictures from the stories that we talk about on Instagram and then other random stories uh, or other random pictures of mostly probably Kush and his dog because they're so damn cute. Yeah, I actually did just uh, get a picture. My sister sent me a picture of the uh, the gigantic stocking uh, that my mom hangs on our wall every year. So that just went up the other day. So I, I can share that on uh, on Instagram tomorrow. Can so. you do a stick figure drawing of your mom in the stocking. I think I can probably do one better than that, but yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll work on my Photoshop skills. Um, but yeah, no, so that's fun. Uh, yeah. So guys, thanks for listening to us. If you have any questions or if you want to send us a message or you want to re have, have us read a message to another listener on air, you can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We forgot to do sponsored content this week because mm. quite frankly, I think we're both very tired. Oh, we um, forgot to, there's a, there's a couple stories that, people sent us that i also forgot to do we did uh okay we'll get to we'll get to those next week um we look forward to that and i i am sad michael kept those a secret from me but also very happy because i can't wait to discover them um so yeah um you know shoot us a message if you want us to read something to either to us or uh to other people uh on the show and uh yeah i think that's gonna do it for us this week michael you have any closing thoughts uh i heard you had a good shower thought for me yeah, sure. I have one. This is from Lux Rage on Twitter. Do birds have hollow bones because they earned it or because they deserved it? Hashtag shower thoughts. <laughs> and I think they fucking deserved it for all their very bad dinosaur crimes. Oh, God. They murdered the dinosaurs and took over their bodies. You motherfucker. God damn it. Well, Michael, it's been lovely talking with you. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Toodles. Toodles.